0: It's so amazing to be here and to just go through this whole process of of preaching three re- weeks in a row, and to go through the whole book of uh, First Peter, the uh, whole letter of First Peter. And so, if y'all remember, the first thing that we talked about, what did we talk about? What was it? Holiness. Yeah, we talked about holiness, the call to holiness. Someone was listening. What was the second second week? What did we talk about? Someone's whispering. Does anyone remember? Old self, old self versus new self. Yeah. Old self versus new self. Peter is talking to a group of Christians, encouraging them. He talked about this call to be holy, to look totally different from the rest of the world. He talked about encouraging them to, to leave the old self, the, the fleshly state, the sinful state, into to continue to grow in Christ, to, to enter into this new born-again self. And we see as we, as we get to the end of this, and as we heard the, the word uh, spoken today, we see that Peter is, is calling us to one last thing here, to take care of God's kingdom, to take care of God's kingdom. I was actually in between uh, whether or not to name this taking care of God's kingdom or, or take care of God's kingdom or steward God's kingdom because if, if I was to say taking care of God's kingdom that might mean you know a group of people and you know people might you know be taking care of God's kingdom but if we call it take care of God's kingdom then that means that every single person is obligated this is a call for every single person all, all of us to take care of God's kingdom so before we get any further let's open up in prayer Dear Father, Lord, I thank you so much for all that you are and all that you do. We love you and we adore you. Father, Lord, we thank you for this time that we get to have here as we get into your word, as we hear what what you are saying, not only to the Christians of old, but to us today. Father, Lord, as we listen to the call to be holy, as we listen to the call to be different than the rest of the world, and as we listen to the old self versus new self, Lord, help us to understand what it means to steward your kingdom, to take care of your kingdom, O God. What it means to take care of your kingdom. Father, Lord, I ask and pray that you would open up our hearts, open up our minds, so that we might learn not only everyone here, but God, teach me something I didn't see the first time I looked at this. Father, Lord, have this time. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. I want to look at steward, stewarding God's kingdom, taking care of God's kingdom in, in this, this example. Cruise ship versus a battleship. A cruise ship versus a battleship. Now, if we look at a cruise ship, I'm going I'm to preface it like this. A cruise ship is an unhealthy way that we should view the church. A battleship is the better way, the healthier way that we should look at a church. And I'll get into that. This is, no, this is no hate on cruise ships and going on cruise ships whatsoever, but this is looking at the body of Christ, looking at the church, and how we act and how we function as, as a church altogether. Back in 2008, I had the amazing opportunity to go with, with my, my dad I think it was 2008, was it? Yeah, it was around there. 2008, when I was younger, we went on a cruise ship all the way down to, it was, we went from Florida all the way to Mexico, because it was my aunt's wedding. And when I first got there, right in front of the, the cruise ship, I looked up and I saw this big, huge, massive ship, this huge monster. And I was like, whoa, this is awesome, this is cool, in my little eight-year-old mind. And... As I walked in, as I went into it, you know, I looked between like the dock and the boat and I was like, whoa, that's a long, long way down there, you know, to the water. <laughs> then I got into the boat and, I, and I, I saw all the nice, cool things for kids to do, the little, you know, game room, you know, the pool with the water slide. And it was just like an eight-year-old's dream to be on this cruise ship. You know, every morning we would wake up and we would go out and have some type of fun, and, and then the the boat would dock, and then we'd get out, and we would go onto you know whatever, whatever, wherever we stopped, whether it was on some of the islands or, or in Mexico. I remember we stopped once, and we went and we swam all around and on this like coral reef, and seeing all these fishes. And a fish came up to me. I got totally scared, and I ran back. I swam back to the boat. But all these things that were on the cruise ship, it was so amazing, and it was so tailored to an 8-year-old kid, to, to, to me. Every morning after we left the, the room that we're staying in, and when we came back, we saw these beds were, were made. That's every 8-year-old's dream, to <laughs> leave your room and come back, and the beds all already made. I'll be honest, I was totally bad with uh, making my bed. Uh, still, still to this day, a little bad with that. But to have something like that totally tailored to you was amazing. And to have these chocolates laid on the bed and this nice little cool uh, towel animal, I think were a few times like a swan or like an elephant, was, was put on the bed. All tailored to me. All tailored to the experience of being on a cruise ship. People were serving me. People were serving all the people who are on the boat to, to experience a, a fun time. However, this isn't the proper way that we should look at the church. Instead, we should look at it as a battleship. A battleship is where everyone comes on, they all have to train, they all have to get ready, you know, be prepared for some type of war. They all have to look a certain way, you know, be be in line, be in order, and they all have to serve one another. This is how we should look at the church. So my big idea for today is is this. It will be up on the screen. Big idea. Maybe. Oh, it's a cruise ship version. There it is. So taking care of God's kingdom requires all hands on deck. Taking care of God's kingdom requires all of us. Not just the leaders, not just the elder board, not just the pastors of the church, not just the different directors of the church, not just the people worshiping up here, but you all that are sitting in the pews. It takes all of us to take care of God's kingdom. What is God's kingdom? God's kingdom is us. It is us. We are here in this world, in this dark place. The, the kingdom of God is, is well, if, if you look before the time of Jesus... It was something that was totally separate from, from the world. But what happened when Jesus died on the cross is that there was this, this shift that happened. And as Jesus died, he made way so that his light and love can come in so that there will be grace and forgiveness. And ultimately, the, the whole mission of, of, of God was so that, so that people may come to him. So it was God stepping into this earth, into this dark place. But how is he going to be able to do all this? Well, he does it through us. He does it through us as Christians. Jesus calls us to go and make disciples, right? To go into all the world. So taking care of God's kingdom requires all of us, every single person. So how can we be hands-on or active in in the body of Christ, the kingdom of God? Well, first we... Have to be the example. We have to be the example. And the scripture that we have up here is from verses one and three, which reads: Peter says, "So I exhort the elders among you, as a fellow, as a fellow elder, and a witness of the suffering of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God." that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly. And then verse 3 says, next, verse 3, come on, there we go, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And I want to stop right here, being examples to the flock. Being examples to the flock. Sometimes I like repeating scripture so that we can get into our heads. Being examples to the flock. This word that, that Peter uses for example, the Greek word is typos. If you think if you think in, in our world, right, we have what what's called a typewriter. How many of y'all used a typewriter before? Hopefully a good number of you. How many of you have has not? I did not. I used a computer. But if you think of a typewriter, right, what you have is an ingrained letter that's already already there on the typewriter. And all, all you have to do is, is type a button, and it stamps it, and then it gets printed, right? Stamp, print, right? If you have a T, it will make a T. If you press the T button, it will make a T. It's not going to make A, B, C, all the alphabet, right? It's going to make T. So as we look at what, what Peter is saying, he's, he's giving this idea that, that you know, we as we need to be examples, we need to look a certain way. You know, if if, if it's a T, then we need to look like a T, right? So this, this Greek word, it ultimately what it means is the pattern in conformity to which a thing must be made, or the object in which one should replicate. Replicate. And I think of of when I was younger, being in art class, whenever I was in art class, the teacher always said, you know, you have to, let's let's make this today. We have this example that we have to try to make. If it was the Mona Lisa, which I never drew, if it was the Mona Lisa, we would have to draw the Mona Lisa. Our teacher would never do that because it would look weird. But we would have to draw and replicate what the image looks like. And so, if it was Spongebob, we had to make Spongebob, not Patrick. And we had to replicate what the teacher presented. I think of myself as being the oldest sibling. My brother, the middle child right here, is right up in front. And I'm the oldest child, there's, there's three of us. Between me and, and the middle child, there's, there's 12, Makaja, And then me and the youngest, Jamone, is 18 years, but being the oldest child, what I always hear, you know, whatever you do, they're going to copy you, they're going to, they look, they, they hear what you say, my parents are right here in the front too, so, they hear what you say, they're going to copy you, they see what you do, they're going to copy you, monkey, see monkey, do, right, and it's actually funny, a few weeks ago, we are having a family gathering, and our uncle from California was here and i forget i forget like what what kind of noise i made i I think we're just joking around but i I think i made like some type of noise or i said something and then mckay just started making saying the same thing and then Jaminet, you know the youngest started saying the same thing it was just like parrots one after another just copying you know the oldest to, to the youngest being an example being an example god is calling us to be an example to to the body of christ not just in the church, but also in our families as well. In our families to the, the parents, to the children, grandparents to their children and, and to the grandchildren. We're called to be an example. We're called to be an example in the midst of the world, just like how Peter was saying, you know, be holy, be totally different from the rest of the world. This call to be holy, this call to be different from the rest of the world is to be an example of not looking like the world, not being angry when other people are angry at you, but to demonstrate peace, love, which comes from God and grace. If we look at our cruise ship example, if we're on a cruise ship, we don't have any cares in the world, especially if we don't have any kids with us. It's just, you know, if it's just the parents going, then it's, Woo-hoo, let's just have a fun time. I don't have to worry about anyone. Don't have to worry about taking care of kids. Don't have to worry about, you know, work or what's happening at the house. I can just do whatever, you know, whatever I want and just relax. Don't have to take care of no one. It's all about people serving me, me, me. It's all about people taking care of me. However, on a battleship, everyone from the top down has to display what it looks like to be a part of the team. Everyone from the top officer down has to represent what it means to fall in line, what it means to, to have the right type of character, right type of attitude. And if you fell out of line and if you acted up some type of way, well, that, that person probably had to do some push-ups or something but the whole team suffered because as everyone else is picking up your slack this person who who is out of character right who's not being the example right the whole the whole team is suffering because of this so when we talk about being the example I don't, I don't like thinking of us, uh, of us as growing into Christ, growing in a relationship with, with God, that there's like this cookie-cutter you know, type of way that, that we all do it. How, you know, some, for some of us, you know, we, we get into a full relationship. It might take 20 years. It might take 30 years. It might take two years. It might take two days. However, there is an ultimate image. There's an ultimate example that we have to go by, and that is Christ. We have to follow what, what Christ, his, his example, his character, how he's peaceful, how he loves. You know, Peter tells us in, in chapter 4, he says, put on the same way of thinking. Put on the same way of thinking as Christ. And when Peter was telling us, and we listened to this last week, when Peter was telling us to, to put on the same type of mind that, that Christ had, well, the mindset that Christ had is to, to suffer by going on the cross and dying for us. And what we talked about is that he sacrificed something. And when we talked about last week about the call from, uh, going from the old self to the new self, you know, there's this putting on the same mind meant that we had to sacrifice something in order to continue to grow in Christ. So as we put on this same mindset, we become this, this example that, that God is calling us to and this being the example is all important for taking care of God's kingdom. Like I said, you know, the people around us see, are seeing how we're acting, how we're behaving. If church people are just rude and, and angry people, people, people who's going to want to come to church? Who's going to want to you know, serve the same type of God that, you know, that we do, that those angry Christians do, that those miserable Christians do, bitter Christians do? But as they see Christ through us, then they start to want to follow Christ. Another way that we can be hands-on or active in the body of Christ and take care of God's kingdom is be humble. Be humble. This is hard. This is absolutely hard because what this requires us to do is to cut down pride, follow the example of Christ, and be humble. And the scripture that we have here, verses 5 and 6, says this, Starting 5, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourself, the, yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And the next verse says, verse number 6. Come on. There we go. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Now, I want to start off with here what, what Peter is, is saying here. He gives this, this image to us. He says, clothe, clothe yourselves. The Greek word, it's too hard to pronounce, and I'm not going to pronounce it for y'all, so you can look it up yourselves. It looks like baboon, but it, what, what Peter is giving us the image of is this servant garment, this servant garment, and we we would call it an apron. He's he's calling all of us to put on this servant garment of humility. And so in in this time, in the early church, one of the issues that that was happening in the church is that if we we had the master of the house or the head of the house, and then the servants who served or worked in, in the house, what would happen is if the house came to know God, and if they were baptized, what would happen is not only would the head of the house be a Christian, but normally what would happen is then the the servants also were were made Christians as well. So what does that mean? Because now they're no longer in this earthly realm, but what would happen is, uh uh-oh, now they are equal to each other. Now they're brothers and sisters in Christ. So there is an issue in the early church where some of the heads of the household would be would not hold that to be true and they would not allow sometimes the the servants to come into the church where they would have him church service, but instead have the servants serve all the, the Christians there. Now Paul Paul talks about this in Philemon where where Philemon where Philemon is, is this head of the household and there's this issue where where Onesimus leaves leaves the house because there's some type of issue. We don't know necessarily what this issue is, but what we see is that Philmon's the head of the house, Onesimus is the servant, and what happens is, is Paul writes to Philemon and says, hey, listen, he's a Christian now, so you guys must respect each other and hold each other to as equal. And as we talk about being humble Being humble requires us to cut down pride, like I said, and put on this this garment of of serving one another. And i also like to point out here, too, that if we we read it, starting at verse 5, and you, you don't have to go back to the scripture I have here, but it says, "'Likewise you who are younger, be subject to the elders.'" Now, if we do it like this, clothe yourselves and mumble, all of you, with humility toward one another. If we jump over all of you, we would think that this is talking to just the younger people. But Peter, he stops and he says, all of you, all of you. He goes from the examples, the elders in the church, to the younger people in the church. And he he says, you know, all of you clothe yourselves with humility. Now, this isn't necessarily a chronological thing that, that he's saying to us younger elders and younger, but what this is showing us is possible that, that it's those who are more seasoned in the faith and those who are younger in the faith. He says, I don't care how much you know, you think you know, how much you think you have it all together, or how much you don't. Y'all have to humble yourselves and serve one another clothe yourselves with this humility. I can remember a time when, when I used to work in a restaurant, and in a Korean restaurant, and I think that all, all young people should, should work in some type of restaurant industry because it's, it's tough. It will humble you real quick, real quick. I worked as a dishwasher. I signed up for a dishwasher, nothing else. I didn't know, you know how to do anything else, you know, but I got put into all these different areas of, of the restaurant. I was just a dishwasher. I had my little apron on and stuff. I, was, I had my nice little shoes and stuff. I dressed up a little nice, and, and I would just wash these dishes. And what would happen is, you know, water would get on me, and all the, the food and stuff would get on me, and I looked a total mess. I looked like a fool. I looked crazy. And then what the, what they would, what the owners would say is, hey, can you, can you go and run this food to this table? Hey, can you go and, and give drinks to, to this table? I looked at myself, I was like... Are you serious? I look like a mess right now. But I still had to serve. I still had to get out of my own head and and not care what everyone else was saying about me and how, how I looked and just have that servant attitude. Have that servant attitude. As we look at the difference between a cruise ship and a battleship, you know, on a cruise ship... One might be entitled to, to being served, you know, we say we paid for it, you know, this is, this is you know, my trip, so I, I, don't, I don't have to serve anyone, so, you know, we, we expect all, all, everyone to, to tend to our needs, right? Everyone come and serve me. But on a battleship, everyone is serving everyone. Everyone is serving everyone. In this world, and especially in the Western world, we make things about me, me, me. We want it now. We want it. It's like a microwave kind of society where we just want everything at the tips of our, at the, at the point of our fingertips. Point fingertips? I'm not saying the saying right. It's, it's whatever. But we want everything right at the palm of our hands. Right at the, there we go. Right at the palm of our hands. I tried. I tried it right at the palm of our hands. We want everything right now. But that's not what Christ is calling us to. He's calling us to humble ourselves, even, even as Americans, even as people in the Western world, as the church to look different from the rest of the world to serve and to be humble. Hmm. God's kingdom looks totally different from what the rest of the world looks like. So if you think that it's hard, it's too hard to be the example or to be humble, know that God provides. Know that God provides. And the scripture that we have here is verses 10 and 11, which says this. He'll get there. Don't worry. It's a little slow. It's all right verses 10 and 11. There we go. And it says, after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. And then verse 11 says this, to him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. I want to rest on four words that, that Peter gives to us. He says, restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish. Confirm. He says, restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish. And I think we have them up here on, on, the, on the wall as well. Or at least we will, hopefully. But what restore says, it says, to, to make you what you need to be, to repair you. Confirm is God will make you firm in faith, and this is an internal thing. This is what God is doing inside of us, and then as God is doing something inside of us, as he's sanctifying us, what happens is then he'll strengthen us. And what this means is strong for the battle or up to the task, and this is the action that follows after God is working inside of us, working in our lives. And then establish is setting the firm foundation on Christ setting the firm foundation on Christ. If we think that we can't be the example, if we think that we can't be humble, well, God will will humble you. Yes, He will. But God is He's going to work inside your life so that you can be changed, so that you can go from old self to new self, so that you can be holy or act differently in this world. You know, I think of, of the movie Battleship. If anyone has ever seen it, <clears throat> or if anyone hasn't, it ultimately what happens in this in this movie, it's a 2012 movie. Yesterday I called, I said it was in 2017, and then when I actually went to go look it up, I was like, whoa, I'm getting old. <laughs> I'm only 23, but it, I felt like I was getting old. I did. But ultimately what happens in, in this movie is you have these aliens that come to earth and they, they invade earth and they're causing all type of havoc. And what happens is you have these these um, people who are on these battleships in Hawaii who are trying to make this last stand so that the aliens couldn't contact the mothership and so that they couldn't call reinforcements. And so it comes to the to the scene where where we're seeing in two spots, well in one spot there's two people who are, trying to get, who are trying to cut off the, the communication, and then on the battleship, they, they're trying to get this last round, this last bullet into the cannon so that it can go in and fire and cut off communications on, on the Hawaii Islands. But there, there's an issue, because the aliens had taken out most of the cannons on the battleship and they had to take this huge, tall, long round all the way to the other end of, of the boat. Taller than me, huge. One person would not, would not have been able to carry it all by themselves. So about six, six of them got together and they carried it, and they hauled it all the way to the other end of, of the boat, and they, they were able to finally do it and cut off the communication. However, during, while they were moving it from one place to the next, they were struggling, they were having a hard time, but at the same time, they were encouraging one another. They are encouraging one another, come on, we can do this, we can do this, go get this prepared, we can do this. Come on, guys, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. Let's do this. And they had an internal strength because they were fighting, fighting for their lives. They were fight, fighting a battle. They were fighting a battle against the enemy. It was between life and death. I think of a story in the Old Testament where, where three Hebrew boys stood up for their faith. And they weren't willing to bow down before this king who made it everything about me, 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 me. They weren't willing to bow their knee. And so what happened is the king threw these three Hebrew boys into the fiery furnace well, they went in. They didn't die. There was a fourth one with them. There was a fourth one standing right beside them, protecting them and covering them. Protecting them and covering them. And just as we stand up for, for our faith, and just as we try to get through things in our lives, just as we try to take care of God's kingdom, just as we try to live holy in this world, just as we try to go from the old self to the new self, and we get thrown into the furnace, as we get thrown into life struggles, God is right there beside us, walking with us, carrying that heavy load. Because we're, you know, we're going through a spiritual battle. This we're we're here here on earth, earth, but we're we're not, you know, we're not totally protected from, from the enemy. The enemy's coming in and getting us. And if we can if we go away from God, then the enemy is just having a field day. But God surrounds us and covers us. And he walks with us and carries us through all these times. He encourages us as we're going through the battle. As we go through times of depression and anxiety. He's he's encouraging us through his Holy Spirit. So as we take care of God's kingdom. God provides. You know I think of how I get through life and how I get through the issues in, in my own life. And how even like before, before preaching, I, I, I love how we, we worship together. Because quite honestly, before, before the worship set, I get a little nervous, a little, you know, flustered and what have you. But after I start worshiping God and, and praising God, it's like all those fears just go away. All those fears go away. And the same is true when I'm, when I'm at home, when I'm dealing with stuff. And I just praise God. And it's like an internal thing to happen too, because I don't necessarily need music, but as I'm out at work and stuff, there's just like this internal radio going on. I'm just singing praise music in my head. God provides, provides us with that strength to get through as we continue to live holy in this, in this world and surrounded by darkness as, as we're trying to take care of one another. God provides. You know, we talk about being the example, being humble, and God providing. You know, one of the things that, that I always say one when, when word whenever we do a baptism is not only do I talk to the person who's being baptized, but I also talk to the congregation as well. Because as someone is, is being baptized and, and coming to faith, they need some help. They need someone to go alongside them. And when I, when I, whenever I help with the baptism, I look to the people who are around and I say, listen, us as a family, us as a church, us as a team need to come alongside this person and help them, help encourage them. Taking care of God's kingdom requires all hands on deck. I'll end with this, this last story. Back in 2018, I was young and, and I think just getting out of high school, and I took over the guy's uh, Bible study called Bro-ship. It's an amazing group of guys. However, it was a struggle in the beginning, absolutely struggle. We were so unfocused we try to get into the word the guys are right here they they know all about it they're laughing because they know yep it was you, we were we were difficult we we're difficult people what would happen is we get we'll get into the word we try to go through one verse wouldn't happen we'll get distracted try to ask a question you hear crickets i try to try to lead this group and i'll get sometimes there'll be times when, I, when i'll get frustrated and just so, you know, like, uh, nothing, nothing's going to, you know, come out of this. I'll allow the enemy to, you know, tell me all those lies. But then what, what I would do at the end of this, because we would have the Bible study, we'd go through the scripture, and then we would, um, we would eat. And then what would happen is it would be time to clean up. And so as the guys were just having fun, what I started to do was go into the kitchen and take care of the cleaning, take care of of all the dishes and stuff and you know sometimes every now and then the guys would help but ultimately you know they would be joking around with each other and sometimes outside playing around but being an example and being humble you know what we might call it is you know servant leader being a servant leader mindset being the example to these guys being humble and say you know I'm just gonna serve and just take care of these dishes and now we get to, to, nowadays, in broship, and all I have to do is say, hey, can you take care of this? Hey, can you take care of that? And they do it, and they go right ahead. They saw what I was doing, and along the way, they started to learn, and they started saying, hey, can I help, can I do this? And that's an amazing example of what happens when, when we choose to be the example, when we choose to be humble, and when we, See, and when we ask God and and hope on God to to provide, because God was providing and working in in the guys' lives to cause them to, to be servants themselves. So I encourage us as a church, and I remind you all to be the example, to be humble and know that God provides. Whether or not we go through life and we struggle, God provides us with strength. And he provides us with a family and a team so that we can get through it together. And here at Faith Community Church, one of the things that we we started to do is we call for the elders to come up forward so that we can pray with one another. Because that's what we do as a team. That's what we do to take care of God's kingdom. The way that we take care of God's kingdom is by coming up and praying with each other. Because all of us need prayer all of us are going through some type of battle and we need some encouragement so I invite the elders to come forward to to come and pray for people and if you feel as though that you're totally lost and that you don't even know where to begin in this battle I encourage you to come forward come forward because this is taking care of God's kingdom Let's pray. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We adore you. Just to rest in you strengthens us. When the busyness of the world continues to go around us, and as we go through struggles, oh God, Lord, we cry out to you. God, I need help. God, I can't get through this battle. God, I don't know where to go. And Father, Lord, you have called us as Christians to be the example to, and to serve by being humble one another and to help each other as we go through things. Father Lord, I ask and pray that you would continue to teach us how to take care of your kingdom, how to take care of one another as a family, O oh God. We thank you so much for your word and your encouragement, not only to the Christians of old, but to us today as we go through life. We thank you for the letter of 1 of Peter. And for these three weeks, Father Lord, be with us. In your mighty name we pray, amen.